Well, we're glad to see you. Actually, we're, uh, we'll, we'll get, we have to do the official introduction my brother will do, and then we'll, I'll introduce you, but, uh, and we'll just go from there. So, uh, cool, man. It's great to see you guys. Man. Yeah. Yeah, this is great. awesome. Thank you for doing this. This is no. Thank you for perfect. the invite. This this is pretty <laughs> awesome. Here goes. Okay. Now in partnership with the New Westport Library and the Quick Center for the Arts and iTunes, it's Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast with me, Trace Burrows, and me, Migs Burrows, and our really exceptional guest today is Mystic Bowie, renowned performer, entertainer, recorder, humanitarian teacher. Uh, so much to cover in your life, um, but we're really ha happy to have you here. Where are you? Where are you calling from? Are you in Jamaica now? Or are you? No, I'm actually in Norwalk right now. Oh, <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I got back from Jamaica last week. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm loving it. I'm loving it, man. I get to go back and forth. You know, what I mean, with all the craziness that's going on, I get I get to go hide out in the mountains. You know. Oh, nice. Yeah. Is, is Jamaica? Pretty, uh, what's their situation with safety, you know, with health there? Honestly, Jamaica is doing 120 times better than the U.S. Uh, by, like, and I mean, not exaggerating at all. By far, many, many times better. I think, every, yeah, I think everybody in the world is doing better than the U.S. Yeah. But for, for a third world country, yeah. you know, a so-called third world country was like, this is unbelievable. It's, yeah, well, no, we're the third. Jamaica just basically, it, Jamaica went almost under martial law immediately. Mm. You know, I mean, it's not officially martial law, if you know what I mean. But yeah. it's, it was, it's so strict with every single thing. I mean, if you're caught on the street, if you're caught in a crowded area within six feet of anybody, that, which is not a people that you live with, not wearing a mask, it's a million Jamaican dollars fine, which Whoa. is like ten, it's like nine thousand US. And so guess what? Yeah. Nobody can afford. Nobody want to pay that. So nobody break the rules. Yeah, you need tough love. I mean, and you need leadership. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. You know, we know what needs to be done. It's just that we have to do it. We have to implement it and uphold it. And, and have a basically on the top. Yeah. You know, when you have. When you have a who you know one set of people telling you this is what you need to do, and another set who is basically saying do as I say but don't do as I do, yeah, you know, it's it's not it, gonna be fun. It's it's pure insanity. Now we're just nobody. We're all it's craziness. But um, and uh, I think right off the bat we should talk about your performance, uh, your appearance in Westport coming up. So uh, make Matt Mandel happy from the Chamber of Commerce and and yes. Why don't you tell us what's going on with that? Basically, um, I gotta let let you know first of all that my musicians and I have been jonesing. We are basically the, the drug addict, <laughs> you know, yeah. for music. You know what I mean? We yeah. are basically the music addict who is Jones in for a fix. I can't wait to be on stage. And that's uh -huh. why we try our best to work with, with those guys to make sure this happens, you know. Um, obviously, because of, you know, social distancing and not be able to, they can't charge as much and they cannot have as many people. So we also have to take a beating from that side. But the musicians and I were like, listen, 
if I'm not on stage, I'm going to go crazy. And we are, you know, in the same boat. So we just decided, man, let's work together with him to make it happen. So I'm very excited that the, you know, the 7th and the 8th of August in Westport, we will be kicking it off, playing you some uh, Talking Dreads along with your favorite Mystic Bowie songs. And uh, because it's, I consider this show so special. So I actually reach out to a few really close friends of mine and have them give me some requests of what I should play that day, you know, those two days. You know? Oh, cool. <laughs> and how, how, what's your band? How big, a, how many people in the band? Um, I want to go full-fledged. You know, basically, we... One would, one would say, basically, financially, I shouldn't do it because the income is not as much. But for me, I have, we haven't performed in a while. I want to, you know, we all need that fix. You know, the entire mm. band need a fix. So we're going with a drum, bass, keyboard, guitar, two background vocals, and myself. So we basically go on a full-fledged band um, for this event, you know? So do you have like one band, like you have the Talking Dreads and is there like just a Mystic Bowie band or you've combined the two to make? I, com I combine the two. It just makes things a lot easier. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one rehearsal. It's, um, you know, we do also have um, in the past year or two, we have promoters, talent buyers who want a, a predominantly Mystic Bowie show. But it's the same exact musicians who only play Mystic Bowie songs. You know, yeah. if you know what I mean, yeah. And um, when did you, this is when did you become, how, how young were you when you were, became Mystic Bowie as a, as a entertainer, as an identity? You know, um, first day, I started performing. I was discovered when I was seven years old, but my mom would not allow me to, to record. Mm. Uh, I guess she was afraid because of all the drugs, the alcohol, everything, that the stigma. Sure. I've been around these musicians. So I, um, basically what, what she did, she waited and the promote and the, the, the producer keep bugging her for another two years. When I was nine years old, they recorded a single with me. Uh, this producer name is Jack Ruby on his Jack Ruby label did a single, which I'm not sure how that single did. Um, <laughs> you know, cause back then I'm not, I wasn't, you know, there mentally, psychologically, I'm not focusing there, you know? And they, then when I was 13 years old is when they start bringing me to just be on stage to doing live shows. You know, then they'd start bringing me to Bahamas, um, Peru, Mexico, Cuba. They'd bring me to these places to perform. Uh, so I started really early. And when I, just before my 14th birthday is when I was in Bahamas performing at, um, for the Jankono, the NASA Jankono Festival. And the musicians who were working with me, because I was the only child, you know, it was an adult band um, backing me. And those musicians were all working with Chris Blackwell, the owner for Island Records and the Campus Point Studios, which was mm -hmm. right there in the Bahamas. So that's where I actually met all these legends, like Chris Franz, Tina Weymouth, I met the Talking Heads, uh, Grace Jones, um, Emerson, Le you know, Keith Emerson was hanging out there, Ringo Starr. Who um, you beat up, didn't you beat, isn't that a great story? Didn't you beat up Ringo Starr? <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't, I, no, I didn't beat him up. Okay. <laughs> it was a, it's a funny story. Because I totally forget that it even happened. I totally, 
forget that that that's what happened until mm-hmm. um okay basically what happened was <laughs> i was asked to do uh the okanagan international film festival in british columbia in clona british columbia was using one of my songs for one of their films and there were keith emerson was the main person the main musician that composing and all the music for the for the show for the event and is when i went there they, the the folks from the Okanagan International Film Festival did not tell me that it was Keith Emerson <laughs> because apparently they knew that Keith knew me since I was a kid i didn't remember Keith Emerson <laughs> you know what i mean so when i showed up the day and keith was introducing me on stage he said, uh, I was side stage waiting to walk on the stage to perform. And um, Keith Emerson started telling this whole story about this boy mm. that was in the Bahamas that he used to take around on his, his motorcycle. I would jump on the back of his motorcycle and he, he'd have to ride me around every day and so I would get mad and whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, he's talking about me. Yeah, <laughs> now I'm recalling all that stuff happening. I'm like, this man is talking about me. And he's keep telling the story. He's like, yeah, there was one night when I promised him if he come over, he would give me, I would give him a ride on my bike. And, but that night, Ringo Starr was drunk on the back of my motorcycle and I was hugging around me. The Ringo was hugging, hugging around him, trying to get to the hotel. And because it was my turn to be on the back of the motorcycle, as soon as he took off, I grabbed Ringo Starr in the shirt and yanked him off the bike and ran <laughs> to my room. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so, that, that, I had no idea who Ringo Starr I didn't know who Ringo Starr was. That's a riot. Yeah. You know, so when he told that story, when I was like, now I'm a grown up, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I almost killed Ringo Starr. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, but. Yeah, I had some great memories. I started really early. So, the, you know, the memories piled up. Did you always play, was it always reggae or did you start No, out? I actually started playing reggae really late. Um, I, st- I started my first reggae act when I, I think when I was about 19 years old. Um, I, I used to sing the, the Jamaican folk music. It's called Mento. Mendo. Yeah. Mento, M-E-N-T-O. Oh, T, yeah. Yeah, Jamaican folk music is mental. And because I'm from a tribe, uh, the Maroon tribes, we're mountain people, we're, we're, we, you know, we're never, we were never brought up in the reggae world, per se. I would do mental, calypso, mayal, pocomina. Those are all tribal music. And I think that's the reason why I, I would get a lot of work. I would get a lot of jobs to perform because I was the only child basically in Jamaica that's doing that kind of music. Everybody else was doing reggae, you know? Um, so I kind of stand out a bit. Um, but I, I think it was I was 19 years old when I was in college in England is when um, I, I teamed up with a bunch of musicians and we started doing some, started doing reggae because, you know, they see me as Jamaican. Well, if you're Jamaican, you, you gotta be, and you're a singer, <laughs> you got to be able to sing reggae. So, we start, put together a little four-piece reggae band and start playing at the pubs. Make some extra money while in school, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that's where it is, man. I know, but the answer to that, no, I was never a reggae singer originally. And when, and so, you, is that when you first hooked up with Tina and Chris way back 
in in those at those studios in in the Bahamas? No, because I really yeah we, we growing up in Jamaica because Chris Blackwell was working with Talking Heads. Chris Blackwell basically was the king of the music scene in Jamaica and the Caribbean, and he owns the Compost Point Studio where all these people record in the Bahamas. So I met them there, but I didn't know who they are. So I list, I heard their music played on the radio in Jamaica. You know what I mean? So I know who Talking Heads. I know of Talking Heads music. I love Talking Heads music because it was really crazy how with a, the, 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 the similarity of reggae and Talking Heads music, a lot of folks mm. didn't realize that, but that drum and bass, that simple, tight-knit drum and bass that rhythm, along with a storytelling that Talking Heads did, Mm-hmm. That's exactly how reggae music is. Yeah. It's all about the drum and the bass and the story that the singer is per- is putting out there. So yeah. I was always listening to their music. Yeah. But it was later. I didn't team up with Chris and Tina again after that because I I forgot about them. I have no idea who they were at the time. Like I said, it was in 1991. 1991. I was asked to perform. I, again, I was the only Jamaican. Uh, who were performing on this a Mardi Gras festival at Tramps in New York City, if you remember that place. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. a friend of mine, um, a singer, accordion player from New Orleans, um, name is Jimmy Mack. He had a band called Lou Garou. Well, mm-hmm. Lou Garou and that team was putting on this festival and they asked me, to be the, the, you know, they want to include some singers and artists from different cultures. So they invited me to be on the show, um, but they want to provide me with a backing band because I told them I didn't have a band. I was just doing solo. Whenever you want me, you have to find the musicians. And they told me that um, the bass player who was working with Keith Richards at the time, the late Jim Gregory, Keith Richards' his bass player was, um, was the bass player also for Lugaru. It was just an amazing team. So yes, of course I accepted. Um, at the time, I had just moved up to Western. I had just moved to Western, met this girl. We moved to Western and um, got a house there. And they told me that there's a band that's going to be backing me um, for the Mardi Gras Festival. And they would like me to go to the rehearsal to meet with them. And they put me in touch. They gave me the person's phone numbers and whatever. Connect with them and and they, they'll give you all the information where to go and whatever. Well, I, I called the person to, uh, to book the rehearsal, to schedule the rehearsal, and um, just turned out that the person was living, they were living literally six minutes from me. <laughs> six minutes from me. I said, whoa, this is pretty convenient. Yeah. So I drove over to their houses, I drove her to their house. Who was the, who was the musician? Chris and Tina. <laughs> Chris, Franz, Tina. <laughs> Co-founder so like, of, of the Talking Heads, if anybody yeah. doesn't know. Yeah. So, uh, so like, wait. I was asked that there's going to be a backing band. Um, <laughs> and Tina said, Mystic Bowie, we are the backing band. It <laughs> 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 was like, whoa. So my worlds just keep. Yeah. The, the circles of my world just keep keep getting connected. 
you know, between Keith Emerson hmm. that I met at the same exact time. I met them at the same time when I met Chris and Tina and I met Grace Jones and I came around mm-hmm. back around to where I end up, you know, hanging out with Chris Jones's son again. And what it back in, it's kind of like all these circles. And uh, that's why I always tell myself and tell my students and my own kids, hmm. life is a cycle and it's going to, it's going to come right back around, mm-hmm. you know? So just try to, Try to do as much good as possible in that cycle because it's going to come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good, uh, that's a good observation of it. Yeah. And you're, you're connect where well, you connect people with your music. And I, could I play a little snippet of uh, talking dreads because people wonder, how do you combine talking heads with reggae or whatever? Can I just, uh, I've got iTunes here. I just want to do uh, a little snippet of once in a lifetime. Is that okay? That's perfect. You may find yourself living in a shotgun shack. You may find yourself in another part of the world. You may find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile. You may find yourself in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife. You may say to yourself, well, how did I get here? Let's in the days go by. Let the water hold me down. Let's in the days go by. Water broken on the ground. That's amazing how that, yeah. that no, one, no one, I don't think generally would think the two different, you know, sure. A and M, that's a, a thing that would work so well, you know? And yeah. but I understand what you, you, when you described it as the, it's also, it's also the cadence too, the, the singing or the talking in there with, is like similar to me as like a lot of reggae singing. So it, it's the whole, you know, drums, bass, cadence, right? It is, it's that, that, that drum and bass. And folks need to understand talking heads, Chris and Tina had spent a lot of time in the islands. They spent a lot of time oh. in the Caribbean. They spent a lot of time in Jamaica. It's a lot of time in Bahamas. A matter of fact, their first son, Robin, was born in the Bahamas. Oh, really? Yeah. That's they spent a lot, of, a lot of time in the Bahamas. So that, I'm not surprised. I was not surprised that it was that easy to transpose mm-hmm. talking head songs into reggae because that's exactly what it is. It's just... A, a solid, tight drum and mm. bass section with the vocals, with the story on the top. Yeah. You know, it's almost like one of those things where as great a musician as each one of those folks are, you know, from the talking heads, it will ne- it's never, it could never, you're never going to have that same mm. feel, that same depth as, you know, delivering these songs as the way Talking Heads did it together as a team. Yeah, no, it's like it's a, you got this added the secret sauce to it. I mean, exactly, it just, it exactly. Just, it comes alive in a whole different way. Um, I want to talk about a little bit because your your humanitarian efforts. It's the Maroon Youth Culture Group. Is that is the, the current? Yeah, it, no, it's called the Mystic Bowie Cultural Center. Oh, Mr. Okay. Yeah, the Mystic Bowie Cultural Center. Um, how that came about, really, um, I'm going to step back. When I was a child, you know, we, I was performing a lot, but at the same time, the money 
what we're getting paid, what my mom was getting paid wasn't much, you know? So there were time, um, there were times when I would literally fail a class, not because I was lazy, not because I didn't have the ability, the, you know, the mental or psychological ability to do the work, but I didn't have the basic tools to do the assignments. You know, and I remember I would go home and cry to my grandfather and he'd say stuff like, um, just remember that whenever you get to the stage in life, not if you get to it, he said, whenever you get to the stage in life that you can keep the tears away from another child's eye, mm. he said, make sure you do that. Oh, nice and ever thought. since, ever since I start traveling abroad where I start collecting dollars that have value, like the US dollars and the, the pound and start, you know, start traveling out of Jamaica, start making real money. I start shipping school supplies to Jamaica and just giving it away to all the kids in my community. So I was an 18 year old shipping cases and barrels of school supplies, giving away to kids in my community as if, as if I was a Santa Claus, <laughs> the, the academic Santa Claus coming home after every tour. Yeah. You know, so the, um, about seven years ago, the, my really close fan and who became a, like a family friend, Eric and Sue Balin, they saw what I was doing and they, you know, they realized I was, you know, Mystic Bowie Cultural Center was just a name, an idea I came up with, concept. And they had asked me if this was a 501c3. I said, absolutely not. They asked, how do you fund this? I said, well, what I do, I would, if I have 20 shows booked for the summer, I'd reserve every penny from at least two or three shows to fund my school supply drive. Oh. I'd just buy the supplies and ship it. And they said, well, Mystic Bowie, there's ways to <laughs> go around that. <laughs> so they actually helped me to put together and register um, the Mystic Bowie Cultural Center as a 501c3 right, charity. So, so people can donate to it as well, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. So now I, I mean, I'm not a great beggar. So that's why maybe you haven't even heard about it as a 501c3, but it is. Um, you, so basically, like just like close friends of mine, you know, would donate to it once in a while. Um, if I have something special like that, like right now I have summer camp going on in Jamaica and I was just there. I came back a week and a half mm -hmm. ago. You know, so I can kind of quarantine myself even when they don't, they don't require Jamaicans coming in quarantine because Jamaica is so tight mm -hmm. with the COVID-19 and they have it under control. So even coming through JFK the other day, where were you coming from? Jamaica, show them that they were coming <laughs> from Jamaica. They literally just send me through a, a complete separate line. Mm. But I still, yeah. out of respect for my family and my friends, yeah. I still came home and just quarantined myself. You know, so... Some camp, is that your thing too you, you put that together you have a summer camp in jamaica yeah i actually founded the summer camp. It's, it's, it's called the maroon youth culture camp mm -hmm. and i i founded that camp four years ago i started it and i also funded funded so but now it's funded through the mystic Bowie cultural center 501c3 okay. you know <laughs> thanks to eric yeah. Bailin. but yeah so it's a camp that i founded uh it's to keep the kids off the street the parents knows exactly where their kids are every day. And the kids are so into it. Um, normally camp would be 
Monday through Friday, the kids are like, we're not, we're not going home. It should, should be seven days a week. So now the, ca- the camp is literally oh. Sunday to Sunday. Seriously, that's amazing. And what, it, what, what, I'm sorry, that was just guys about the programming. Is it all music? Is it arts? It basically, obviously, as an artist myself, hmm. I, I built it around, it's all about arts and culture. Hmm. It, it's all yeah, built around arts and culture. I mean, every single person, every single child in that community plays the drums <laughs> and sing, do, and do traditional drums and dance and, and singing. Every hmm. single child. Because what I do, every single child, if, if a part of our, my, 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 me working with them, and when I started this thing, I explained to them, if a baby crawl over to you while you're playing your drums, you have to move your hand and let that baby take over the drum. Sorry about that. Unfortunately, no calls coming all morning, but as soon as I'm doing That's all right, you're back. Yeah, good. You're back. So every child is a drummer. So it's based around the arts and culture. So for example, it's not just about maroon culture. So what I did, for example, two years ago, I brought um, Jim Royal, the Jim Royal drums, drum studios in Bridgeport. Oh, stop calling. <laughs> Isn't that annoying when they keep yeah. calling and they hang up, they won't, go, they won't leave a voice message? <laughs> That's right. Sorry. It's, so, it's, it's uh, Emerson calling. Yeah. <laughs> Ringo, no, Ringo I, asking I, for an apology. I, I, wish, I wish there was a way to, to turn off incoming calls. Yeah. Or maybe there is. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a tech guy. That's all right. You have to turn off your whole phone, I guess. But <laughs> Yeah, so basically, um, we, you know, I was telling you or, or earlier when I started that the Jim Royal Drum Studios based in mm. Bridgeport, um, they teach his percussion, steel pans, steel drums and stuff like that. You know, you have a band called Silver Steel. So I brought him and a bunch of his uh, students to Jamaica from here to teach steel drums to my kids in the community, in the tribal community. In return, the kids in the tribal community teach, taught them traditional maroon drums and dance. Hmm. You know, so right. we, is, when I say culture, I mean culture across the board. We try to, as much as possible, include all cultures because I want, I want my students to be internationally educated, know how to communicate with people of all different backgrounds, so they can communicate with people whenever they get to the age where applying for jobs or, you know, get thrown out in the world like I am, like I have. Oh, you're doing amazing work. Did you want to give out any website addresses where people, if they want to donate or, or just find out more about your uh, the foundation? You know, your... Yeah, sure. It's a Mystic Bowie Cultural Center. M-Y-S-T-I-C-B-O-W-I-E Cultural Center. Dot com. So it's mysticbowieculturalcenter.com and you can, you know, you can click on it and you see, you can click and donate. And if people donate, want to buy, but, your, buy your music, where's the best, what place do you want to send them to? I mean, the best place to buy the music, you can, you know, if you go to Mystic Bowie, I mean, go to talkingdreads.com. Yeah. And once you go, you know, you, then you, it, you, will have options of where you want to purchase it from, whether iTunes, eMusic, Amazon, sure. um, you know, that kind of stuff. So once you go to Mystic Bowie 
you can go to mysticbowie.com or talkingdreads.com and you then select choose a song or the the whatever music or the album and you decide where what platform you want to purchase it through mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. We only have like a minute or so left, but I just wanted firsthand, you know, the times I've seen you perform, it, it, not to be missed. I mean, there's singers and there's performers and you're just so energetic and dynamic. Thank you, man. And, I appreciate uh, that. It's a, it's a total experience. Uh, I really appreciate that, man. Thank well, you. Yeah. Well, a lot of people say it. I'm not the only one, obviously, but uh, yeah, it's, and it's, it's such a privilege to be able to talk to you and, uh, find out more and and so it's august this 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 podcast will be posted today probably later today so uh oh cool and it'll be up forever make sure you tag me in it so i can uh share it with my friends are worldwide oh absolutely yeah and we're you know and it can be accessed anywhere because we're on itunes too um oh perfect. perfect so yeah and uh august 7th and 8th uh, at the, i guess i think you're sold out actually but if just in case you want to be on the waiting list Go to the Chamber, Westport Chamber of Commerce site to buy uh, a ticket or find out, um, you know, or park nearby and roll down the windows. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, <laughs> park down the street, like but, you said, roll the windows down and just stand but, next to your car. But don't, don't pass up an opportunity to, to hear this man perform. So uh, thank, thanks again. Let's be on the show. Yeah. I uh, thank you so much. Great one. And that's smart. Smart. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.